Welcome to the Pop on Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. And I'm so impressed with your work with Dabney Bunny. Uh, the texture looks like I can... I look at this picture, and I can feel it. Uh, nice. Dabney's skin looks like it feels like my grandfather's favorite chair. <laughs> I'm quite impressed with that. Anyway, uh, hello Thank everyone. You. Welcome to the Pope on Film podcast. It is episode 298, and we are all very impressed with that. Um, I, I'm a little bit high. You probably can't tell because I hide it so well. <laughs> I am I am zero high, and I've got to correct that right now. Yes, you absolutely do. Uh, we've got a good episode. We've got a good movie. We've got a good chapter. Not the longest episode, but I am I'm proud of it. And we are going to be we are going to be doing this now. Okay. Is everybody ready? Ready. Okay. Uh hmm. buddy! Yes. It's time for the music corner, the Pope on Film, music corner, the music minute, music watch, music time, eye on music, make mine music. It's music, music. It's Mr. Steve's Music Minute Corner time. I don't have a name for this segment. You probably can't tell because I'm so good at ad-libbing. I'm so good at ad-libbing. I'm like a really good ad-libber guy person. <laughs> and so I don't have a name for this segment at all, but I have a small handful of music-related comedy bits. And uh, instead of, like, putting them in various episodes, I'm going to smash through them. I'm smashing them all into a singular segment right here on Act 1 of the show, if that's okay with you, Bunny, of course. Of course. Okay, I always ask for consent before podcasting. So, uh... We can work out the name of the segment later, I think. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay, so so uh, number one, the other day I went to the supermarket, and as I was going through the parking lot, I noticed a car, uh, and it had a real dark tinted windows, and on the back of one of the windows was a huge, massive, massive sticker and it was the Van Halen logo. And I was really? so shocked. I was so shocked by seeing the Van Halen logo on a car in 2021 that I immediately turned into a British archaeologist. Yeah. Oh, crikey. It's an ancient hieroglyphic. Yes. I wonder what it means. We're, we, we need to study this symbol, try to uncover its meaning. Oh, crikey. Like, who in 2021 still bases their entire persona on Van Halen? Yeah. Van Halen! 
I am shocked by this. It stuns me. The first of all, it stuns me that the idea that apparently Van Halen is still a thing. I don't know. Eddie Van Halen's dead, but that he died, didn't he? But yeah. it, it it just stuns me that the band was still a band even after they had their first singer, they fire the first singer, they hire a second singer, then they fire the second singer, rehire the first singer again, fire the first singer again, again, hire a third person, fire him, and at this point, like, who cares? Exactly. You know? That is a ridiculous amount of... of like eventually they have the guy who sang more than words as their as like the singer of Van Halen and it's like what are you even doing at this point? Gary Sharon, how do I know that name? The, now, why yes. is it that, like, no, that's just not right Huh? That's just not even right to know his name. How is it that I easily know the lead singer of Extreme but yeah, somehow you're still a fan of Van Halen in 2021. Good for you. You probably still have one of those Garfield phones. Yes. <laughs> I would have also liked to have seen a suction cup Garfield on their window right next to the Van Halen logo. <laughs> and a baby on board. You know, on the back. I would have liked to have seen all of that. Okay, so that was number one. Number two, you want to hear a sad story, Bunny? I wrote all of these while high. You want to know a really sad story? Yes. Probably the saddest story in music. So uh, I, I um, really, I really need a, a sad story to pl- plunge me into an unbearable depression. So please go ahead. Uh, rapper Two Chains. Right before he hit it big. He was about before right. he got the second chain. No, no, no. He he had bought he at first he had no money and he was only called one chain. Yeah. And then he got a, a bit successful and he said, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the plunge. I'm gonna buy that second chain. So he's rapping. He's actually going door to door. Hello, rapper. Anybody need any rapping? And he would just go door to door rapping. And then finally he says, you know what? I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally going to accomplish my dream. Not of being a successful rapper. No, I'm going to accomplish my lifelong dream and buy that third chain. Ah. Then, but then... He becomes famous as two chains. Now he can't buy the third chain because he'll put the third chain on and nobody will know who he is. Who is this three-chained individual? It can't, surely it shan't be two chains. No. Because obviously there are three chains. Yeah. He can't be successful rapper two chains. I see three chains on this man. So now he is stuck in a sad two chained existence. So sad. So sad. And one last thing I want to say, since we're on the subject of music, Eric Clapton 
Sure, he's a far right winger and he's super racist and he's writing anti-masking songs and he's he's a bigot and he's a racist. And one more thing. Have you ever seen him clap? I have not. Hell have not. I have never seen this man clap ever in my life. Eric Clapton, you liar. He should be Eric Clapton. If your name's going to be Eric Clapton, you should be clapping all over the place. Like, uh, I don't mean to, to, to say, I don't mean to speak ill of anyone, but it's like, oh no, our child has plummeted off of this uh, balcony. And then in the background you hear... Eric, I'm sorry. It's the gypsy curse. It's that gypsy what cursed me. I'm stuck clapping for the rest of me life. Unless I play the guitar. But no, Eric clap never. I'm just saying, I, 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 I think we should sue. Oh, to channel my inner Beavis and Butthead should be like, Eric Crapton. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, so that was the music corner, the music minute, the music watch, music time, music eye on music, our spotlight on music, music time, time watch, music time. That's the name. Super ultra time corner music watch time. Yes. That's the name of the segment, right? All one word. Okay, maybe like two words, and that's it. But uh, anyway, cut on that. Uh, Taking off the glasses for this segment, because I want this to be serious. Bunny! Yes. I want to talk about Derek Chauvin. Okay. I want to talk about that SOB. I want to talk about all of that. Okay? Okay. Just want to talk about all of that. Which happened recently. Uh, Derek Chauvin being the cop who murdered George Floyd. First off, it says a lot about how utterly horrible the, the nation is. Where a man is caught on film... Murdering another man. And there's numerous eyewitnesses and there's video. And the murderer is on trial. And yet America was still like, he might get away with it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That is so sad. This murderer was caught on tape murdering and America was like, biting its nails. You know, yeah, like like shit. He 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 might go scot free. Like that's fucked up. That's very fucked up. You know, number one. And Second, then, and then there was something like six people shot dead within twenty four hours after the Chauvin verdict. Yeah, yeah. Six people shot by the police. Yeah, within twenty four hours of that verdict. Yeah. 
to use to use our own uh, parlance, to use our own language, um, the whole thing is cow tools. Yes, it is. The whole thing but, is cow tools. But yes, it's it's cow tools. But you know what else it also is? It's hmm. also just Agatha all along. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So secondly, it's important to know that the Minneapolis Police Department 100% lied about George Floyd's death and would have gotten away with it if it weren't for these meddling kids. Yes. With cell phones. Agatha all along is very similar to cow tools in that, like, that is now what pops in my head when something happens in the news that is really terrible, but also it was really obvious. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So in those situations, it's just, it was Agatha all along. Yeah. Yeah. But the Minneapolis Police Department released a statement right after uh, George Floyd was murdered. Uh, They released a press release, the official story of George Floyd's murder in a press release written and released by the Minneapolis Police Department covered it all up. And this was the Minneapolis police's 100% story. And I have it right here posted May 26, 2020. This was the Minneapolis police department's entire statement on what happened to George Floyd. I, I have it in front of me and I'm going to read it now. The headline reads and get this man dies after medical incident during police interaction. Yes. On Monday evening, shortly after 8 p.m., officers from the Minneapolis Police Department responded to the 3700 block of Chicago Avenue South on a report of a forgery in process. Officers were advised that the suspect was sitting on top of a blue car and appearing to be under the influence. Two officers arrived and located the suspect, a male believed to be in his 40s in his car. He was ordered to step from his car. After he got out, he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspects into handcuffs and noticed he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance where he died a short time later. At no time were weapons of any type used by anyone involved in this incident. No officers were injured in the incident. Uh... The Minnesota Bureau of Bureau of Criminal Apprehension has been called in to investigate the incident at the request of the Minneapolis Police Department. That was it. That was their entire statement on George Floyd being murdered on the street in cold blood in front of everyone. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to to decide if it is more bullshit and lies or details that have been left out. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the whole thing, the whole thing is bullshit. The whole thing is cow tools. So a cop murdered George Floyd and the police were 100% ready to sweep it all under the rug. And were it not for a teenager with a camera, they would have gotten away with it. And uh, sadly, in related news, uh, it looks like they're rebooting RoboCop again, but this time it's all throughout America. Okay. Funny, do you know uh, what the blue flu is? Uh, yeah, that's when the police go out on a strike. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was the a main point of uh, RoboCop. So people all over, um, there are people on the right all throughout America that are now calling ever since the Derek Chauvin verdict, calling for. Uh, people are actually rooting for the police to not show up and for the purge to start happening. Yeah. And like blue flu was trending on Twitter and I got some uh, screenshots on Twitter. This is from Roberto six, six blue flu right away. Let's see them. Let's let America see what cities look like with no police. Here's another one from at, Pelovin, we need a national week of blue flu. Every cop in America gets a week off paid all at the same time and make sure it's widely advertised for those people who think we don't need the police. It would be a week long purge. Like there are people out there actively rooting for cops to give up their job so that they can just go on a killing spree. Yeah. This is at Captain McStabbin. The police should just say F it and stop arresting people. Go on blue flu and let the purge begin. But the thing is, is like they've done this. They did this in New York after. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. The guy who was selling the loose cigarettes yeah. that they choked to death on the street. Something yeah. with a G, Garvin or something like that. I, I forget exactly what his name was. But after that, the cops pulled the blue flu and crime went down. Yeah. That was uh, Eric Garner. Eric Garner. Yeah. Yeah. But, they, but it, it just. So go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Just fucking do it. And we'll watch crime go down again. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just astounding to me. It's astounding to me. They, it, apparently, cops just think that they're. It, it, apparently, American cops think they're Bob Odenkirk, is what they think. Yeah, cops think that every cop in America apparently just sees themselves as Judge Dredd. Hmm. You know, all of these cops wearing um, T-shirts that are a child's medium. I am the law. So that's fun. And then and then did you see what Nancy Pelosi did? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my. Like, you're not helping. No. You are not helping. Just very, just very typical. So she came out shortly after the guilty verdict and said, quote, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. 
because of you and yeah. thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous for justice. Thank you for sacrificing your life. He wasn't sacrificed. Yeah. He was, he was murdered he was by murdered. police. There is a, a difference here. Yeah. He was murdered for a counterfeit $20 bill. He didn't sacrifice his life for justice. Yeah. I, it, like, like when I saw that happen, it, I was screaming at the TV just like the first time I saw the end of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that whole like he's he's not the hero we need. He's the hero we deserve, or whatever the hell. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah. So so that's so that's so that's what I wanted to say. That's what I wanted to say. And people are like, oh, finally justice is served. No, if justice had been served, then he would be alive. Yes. Yes, Just and we me. wouldn't have been sitting on pins and needles. But you know, that's that's the thing. You know, that's when you are in a an abusive relationship as as we the American people are with our government. Any act of kindness, you know, or or any kind of acknowledgement and then oh my god that person's wonderful you know yeah yeah biden is great because he talks pretty you know and we've had four years of abuse we want somebody to talk pretty so the admiration for him is out of proportion to what he's actually doing. Yes. And, and, and the, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about politics anymore. It pisses me off. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you. It's upsetting. It's upsetting, but I'm glad that we took time in act one to talk about this important landmark case. Yes. That was important. The whole thing is cow tools. The whole thing is just cow tools. The whole thing is cow tools. Yes, it is. Yeah. America is cow tools right now. And and cut on that. Uh, Bunny? Yes. I, there was a segment that I've been wanting to do for the past couple of weeks, but I, I haven't written it down or formed it. So this is all just on the top of my head. I'd like to see... Oh, Bella just came at me with four snails in her hand. Okay, special treat in their hand. Special treat for the people watching this on Facebook. Uh, There you go. Uh, There's some snails. Oh, is that what they are? Okay. They were on the grill. Yeah, they were on the grill. They were on the grill. Okay, cook them up. Them's good eating. We're gonna be acting. We're gonna be eating French tonight. Baguettes, Maybe I don't know. So this is this is an unformed. This is an unformed segment, part of Act One. I'd like to see a sequel to 
uh, Willie to, to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I like to see a sequel to that, but it shows the uh, where uh, Charlie Bucket learns the harsh realities of owning a chocolate business. Yes. And you know, once he, once he finds like, oh, out, once he finds out exactly what the fucking Oompa Loompas are getting paid, there's going to be some restructuring all up inside this fucking factory. Yeah, I I just like to see him and like he's in his twenties and he's losing his hair and he's freaking out and he's smoking and he's just like, look, I won this in a contest, okay? And I I I can't believe how much work this is. Okay, number one, OSHA's on my ass. Yeah. Two. Health and Human Services found out what happened to Augustus, so now they've shut down my fountain. Number three, the Oompa Loompas are unionizing. There's nothing I can do about that. Where am I going to get workers now? And it's a, I'd like to see the harsh realities of, like, uh, you know, they knock on the door. Sorry, this whole place has been rezoned. You're going to have to shut things down and file a new permit. It's like, I just filed a permit. Yeah, that was a 2802. Now yeah. you need to file 2806. And he's like, ah, I won this in a freaking contest. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, this was supposed to be fun. It, I'd like to see that happen. I have Article 3, Section 9 of the Municipalities Penal Code, Zoning Code, sorry, Zoning Code, clearly states... That when winning a chocolate factory in a contest, this is the correct form you must fill out. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Cut and dry. Yeah. And then later he learns that, you know, oh, no, there's more problems. He only owns half of the chocolate factory because Willy Wonka had that weird half contract. Yeah. So he only owns 50% of the chocolate factory. And it becomes like Game of Thrones. He's fighting someone else for control of the chocolate factory. It's just an idea that I had. Because running a chocolate factory, that's tough business. Yes. And he's a poor-ass kid from the rough side of town. Anywho, I did, that was just an idea I had. You, you don't even have to cut that into a, into a segment. I just thought that was fun. <laughs> yes. We still have a show to get to. We have Bunny versus. I have a lot to say about that. Um, uh, might get a bit dark. We have Shap, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we're Real high class. Really? Okay. Pinky's up for the classy stuff during a very highbrow shap. We're going to be going to France. And then we have a movie that that I've already written the sequel, and it's really good. Okay. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, It has to do with the hollow earth, because of course. Okay. Uh, but we'll get to that. Before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should. Okay. Most certainly take a break. 
Hey, Bella, when I'm wearing these glasses, I look like a, a Mexican Johnny Mundo. Yeah, really excited about that. I don't know. I was, I was definitely thinking Tommy Bahama. Tommy Bahama. That movie has just seeped into my entire my entire uh, just life. And Natasha wakes up in the morning and she's like, I am so tired, I couldn't sleep. And and then I would be like, girl, I've got a place for you. I just came back from there and I swear it was like I got a soul douche. Yes. I'm just quoting that movie left and right. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar is just the best, and I love it so much. But okay, yes, we should take a break. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do 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 It's like a fucking teamster. Every time you turn around, he's off on a coffee break. We got a building to put up here. My name is Mr. Steve. I'm a storyteller. Hello, everybody. Mr. Steve here, and it's time for another Mr. Steve short story time. Today's story time is... We're different, we're the same, and we're all wonderful. A Sesame Street book. We're different. Our noses are different. We're the same. Our noses are the same. They breathe and sniff and sneeze and whiff. Our hair is different. Our hair is the same. It grows on us in several places. It warms our heads and frames our faces. Our mouths are different. Our mouths are the same. Their lips form the words we say and smile when it's a happy day. Our skin is different. Our skin is the same. It tells us something's cold or hot or wet or dry. It knows a lot. Muscles and bones are wrapped inside it. 
We all have blood and skin to hide it. It keeps in warmth. It keeps out dirt. It warns us so we don't get hurt. Our eyes are different. Some of them are googly. Googly eyes. Our eyes are the same. They see, they blink, they weep, they wink. Oh, remember when you could be in a movie theater like that? Our bodies are different. He used to be an imaginary friend. That's true. Our bodies are the same. They stretch and bend and work and play. They all need food and rest each day. They dance and wriggle and ride a bike. They might look different, but they're alike. Our feelings are different. Same, Telly Monster, same. Our feelings are the same. Lonely, worried, scared, excited, happy, loving, glad, delighted. I want to go to the haunted house. We're the same. We're different. That's what makes the world such fun. Many kinds of people, not just one. A rainbow would be boring if it were only green or blue. What makes a rainbow beautiful is that it has every hue. So aren't you glad you look like you? We're different. We're the same. Can you kids spot Elmo in this picture? Dude, I really like these guys. They're jamming. Pretty sure that's the Grateful Dead. Okay, I'll give you five more seconds to find Elmo. Five, four, three, two. He's right there. He's right there. You see him? This this guy, not, not, not this old woman. This guy. We're wonderful. The end. Yay! Well, that's today's story. Did you like that, boys and girls? Remember, we're different, we're the same, and we're all wonderful. Just because someone is a different size, a different color, a different something, doesn't mean that they're any different than you. We're different, but we're all the same. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Be sure and like and subscribe and all those things I'm supposed to say because I'm somebody on YouTube. We'll see you later. Bye. Minstrel cramps. <laughs> Another guy I'm coming apart. Minstrel cramps. The irritation. Oh no, please don't. Oh, this was my favorite onion. <laughs> the diary. <laughs> I have to go. Oh, shut up, get out. She's saying mommy's cramping. Now. Minstrel cramps. She's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Where the fuck is the chocolate?
the pain. Menstrual cramps. The most common cause of menstrual cramps is stress. No shit. Hey, try these. It does when you do it, right? It's your uterus that's stressed. Oh, yes. Don't live in pain? Call 1-800-555-9969 and order Dr. Rod's Super Powered Vagina Balls. Just three easy payments of $59.99. 1-800-555-9969. Operator standing by. Order now. Hello, Tim's mom? Have you seen Tim anywhere? He's not here at the studio and I'm beginning to worry. 911? Hello, Queen of Germany? And I'm hungry. Actually, I'm more hungry than worried. You can forget about worried altogether. Yes, it's an emergency. My friend is missing and I'm sandwichless. What, what kind of sandwiches you got over there in Germania? Who the hell are you calling a brat? Could you make me a sandwich? I like mayonnaise on both sides of the bread. Miracle Whip? What kind of possessed hellhound are you? Sandwichless! S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H-L-E-S-S! -S. Do you understand, motherfucker? Hello? 911? Hello? Maybe I should call 912. I hear you're getting a lot of hits on Tinder. Nice. No one will not let you cover me in mustard and sauerkraut, you pervert! Wait, wait, wait. Is that in Germanian dollars? Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking. There's a gentleman out there by the name of Jean. Now, Jean is very close to somebody that I know from a long, long time ago. He's a friend of mine, and therefore, Jean, by de facto, we are good friends as well. And now, Jean, I shall read this for you. Rusty Cage. You wired me awake. 
and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain. To watch my blood begin to boil, but I'm going to break. I'm going to break my. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. Too cold to start a fire. I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bones. Yeah, I'll take the river down to still water and ride a pack of dogs. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my. I'm going to break my rusty cage. It's like a Phillips head into my brain. It's going to be too dark to sleep again. Cutting my teeth on bars and rusty chains. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. Oof. When the forest burns along the road like God's eyes in my headlights. When the dogs are looking for their bones and it's raining ice picks on your steel shore. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my. I'm going to break my rusty cage. to tell you something. I'm only a myth. And until next week, I'll be mything you. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Funny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting uh, installment of our freeform segment, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you revved up? And ready, are you ready to do this? 
What was the first part again? Full eyes, clear hearts, can't lose. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay. Well, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. What the fuck are you people expecting out of a Godzilla movie? Yeah. Seriously. I I, uh, I saw a video on YouTube. 25 plot holes you didn't notice in Godzilla vs. Kong. And I was like, here's one thing you didn't notice. It's a fucking Godzilla movie. Yeah. Who the gives problem a with shit? the American the problem with the American is that now people who have never seen Godzilla so people like my older brother are like I found Godzilla versus Kong to be totally unbelievable and it's like it like fucking yes, you don't know who exactly. Jack Clark is. <laughs> You don't know the Scorpions. You don't know of Planet X. You, you've never seen Nick Adams before in your life, sir. Yes. The plot is totally un- unbelievable, and that's how I fucking like it. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Look. Uh, all we Okay. Big Monsters Fighting. That's really all yes. we need. And all of the characters, all we need from the characters is just flat out expositional characters. And a precocious child. So you need some representation from the military to be like, we can't stop this threat. And then we need some kind of scientist Funny. to explain the threat. You know, you need the small precocious child so that they could tell you what's actually in the monster's heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you need some kind of characters to represent pretty much normal people. They kind of like represent the viewer, you know? Except they're also the ones who really know what's going on. And that's all you fucking need. Yep. Uh, it's. I, I. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I mean, don't get it. I mean, these these new movies, the new the new legendary series. Yeah. You know. They're not good movies, but I want you to keep fucking making them. Yeah, absolutely. Because these are movies that are not supposed to be good movies. Yeah. It's it's the highest grossing movie of 2020. Yeah. It's the grossing movie of the pandemic. So suck it, Tenet. The monsters looked great. Yeah. I'm 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 a big fan that King Kong can talk now. I'm not so big a fan that he re- seems to really be into country music. 
I like you know? the fact that the little deaf girl was an actual little deaf girl. Like that's important. Yeah. She is actually deaf. And she like stole that movie. I would have liked and, and Marley Marley Madden is pissed off that, that she took the part away from her. Shit. I'm 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 it's like, oh, I've seen this movie before. Amy, good, gorilla, Tim Curry. <laughs> I am Herka Hermoka. We must go to the jungle. Put him on the endangered species list. That is all I remember from Congo. And scene. <laughs> But the monsters look fi- looked great. The fights were great. I kind of liked seeing how they're working in basically their version of what was it, the Godzilla Awareness Foundation or whatever it was from like, I, I think they were first in Tokyo SOS, but they were in a couple of the Godzilla movies. Yeah. The guy like, and his little girl. Yeah. So, you know, every time I saw the conspiracy theory guy and uh, Bobby Betty Brown, Betty... Bobby Brown. Okay. Thank you. There was the conspiracy theory guy, and then there was Millie Bobby Brown, and then this is the part that I was excited about, the little boy from Deadpool 2. Oh, my God, yes. The... the Bad elf from the from the Kurt Russell Santa movie. Yeah, I was like, shit, look at you, kid from yeah. Deadpool. We've only ever seen you in Deadpool 2. Good for you coming coming back. You and, know? And, and it was I mean, you know, it's like it's the same thing. It's just, they've just redone it for a more American version. That's all. So it's this is still the Godzilla Club or whatever they were called. Yeah. You know, I think it was just a fun movie. I think they've all been fun movies. I think the first Godzilla was probably the weakest in the series. Yeah. You know, but other than that, they've been, I, I go, I go back to Skull Island regularly. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. A lot of it has to do with my absolute love for John C. Riley. John C. Riley and the, an assorted cast of Marvel characters. Yeah. I just love uh, seeing him from Guardians of the Galaxy team up with Captain Marvel and Loki yeah. and, you know, uh, Samuel Nick and, Fury. Like, oh, all of that. All of that. I love that. Yes. So that's what I that's uh, I kept meaning to bring up Godzilla, and there we go. There's Godzilla. There's I'll my bring... there's my hot take. Okay, I'll be bringing it up again in Act Three. So there you okay, go. Okay, cool, cool. So how have you been? Fucking okay. Uh, uh, my daughter Emerald's boyfriend Jeremy Ooh, was. Yeah. Home from work, uh, pretty late in the evening, or maybe, or was it? Yeah, 
he, he was driving home from work and uh, out of nowhere, a fucking uh, a drunk driver in a high rise truck was driving in his lane right for him. Oh, God. And collided head first with uh, Jeremy's car. He was rushed to the emergency room. He was in critical condition for a number of days. Uh, We all haven't gotten the most sleep. It has been difficult. I've seen Emerald, I think. I've seen Emerald once in the past, I don't know, four or five days, because she is with the family at uh, his house because they weren't engaged, but he gave her a promise ring. So they're all, they're nearly engaged. Yeah. So she's just, you know, barely eating, barely sleeping there with the family. Uh, It's been difficult. It's been a difficult week for everyone. Uh, it's been physically and emotionally exhausting Uh, Emerald and Amber both rushed to the hospital and uh, we just didn't see them I I, uh, for a while it made me feel better to see the GoFundMe that Jeremy set up that they set up yeah. for Jeremy's medical expenses. And and for a while, that made me feel better. It, it They set up a goal for $10,000, and then they surpassed that. So they set up the goal for 20000 now. And, and for a while, I would just watch that and try and make that feel better. I feel bad in a different way than everyone else in the house, though, because uh, when it comes to my kids, yeah. I usually keep an arm's length between me and whatever uh, person they are romantic with because I'm the dad and it doesn't matter how nice any of these uh, people are there. They will never be good enough for my children because they are gods and goddesses. And so I usually keep these uh romantic interests at arm's length but so i don't know this kid that well he's been um he's been dating emerald he's been a part of this house for over two years and uh they're very serious together and they were planning on moving in together i so it's been a difficult physical and emotional week for us i saw a picture of him in his hospital and it that is a picture that will haunt my that will haunt me for the rest of my life yeah uh for a while they were talking about he might lose his r his left leg and his left eye thankfully uh, looks like they will be saving the leg, but we're not sure about the eye. So, oh, yeah. But there's a good chance that they still might save the eye? Yeah. Good. Because the optic nerve is still attached. So, 
I mean, we're, we're not in the clear. And the fact that his uh, cheekbone fractured outward instead of inward, instead of puncturing any optic nerves or anything or even severing them. Well, that's good. Let's get some Gorilla Glue. In the next couple of days, they're going to be doing... Oh, look, here's our Chewy order that should oh, be Oh, finally. Yesterday. Finally, the cat food's here. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, looking, it's looking good. His eyes sound shut right now, though. Um, yeah. They got his elbow taken care of because they busted, he busted his elbow up. His uh, femur, they got a rod in his femur, and they're going to be doing the external, like, looks like a torture device stabilizer, like the metal one. And uh, they're they're gonna hopefully in the next seven to ten days be doing the surgery, you know, for his face, his leg. They're gonna put off until they know that he's more stable. But they have all the pieces in place. Yeah. So. yeah. Thankfully, uh, it looks like he swerved at the last second. Yeah. The car, so the primary damage to his body is on his left side. So it looks like at the last second he did just go, Oh shit, and try and get out of the way. And so it, at least it wasn't a 100%. If he hadn't swerved at the last second, then Lord knows what would have happened. But it, it, yeah, it's been a difficult week for everyone involved. Well, I mean, like, just, just, like, fucking imagine, man. Like, it's, it's gonna take a, like, a couple of seconds to even have it register on your mind that that's what's happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it could be a lot of other things. It's like, he he can't be in my in my lane coming at me. It's got to be a curve. You know, he's on the other side of the road, and there's a curve in the road, and it's just kind of an optical illusion that makes it look like that. And then, you know, like so, just to actually process that, no, this is a real thing. You know, yeah. The crazy thing and is, is then that- and then, like, even if. It, Maybe my math is off, but even if both cars were going at 30 miles an hour, that impact happens at 60 miles an hour. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is that this exact same situation happened to me once. Yeah. When we lived in Seminole, which was a town away, and it was an extra like 20 minutes, half hour to my commute, uh, it would take me about an hour and 20 to an hour and 30 minutes to get home from the bookstore. And one day, it's a Friday night or a Saturday night, and, I'm, and I, I closed at the bookstore. So I get off at like 11.15, and I'm not getting home until like 12.30 a.m., and I'm just driving, and it's just an empty stretch of highway, and I'm going up a hill and just – I see from the other side of the hill, a car just coming directly at me, just 100% a car coming directly at me. So I try and swerve to my right. Yeah. 
we're going up a hill. So there's a guardrail there and I can't do it. And I, there's a split second of like, do I drive into the other lane to avoid this person coming at me? And I did. Thankfully it was like 1230 AM and there was yeah. no other there. So I, I swerved to the other lane to avoid the guy coming directly at me. And, and it like scarred me. And it was one of those crazy things that happened. And it, it's weird. Cause like now, th- like he was on the news, they told yeah. a story on the news and like some of the stores are selling shirts to raise money for him. And the family is selling shirts that they designed and they're raising money. And there's the GoFundMe that's going all over the place. And people are talking about how much of a hero he is and how much of a fighter. And it's like, this is the sort of shit that you see in the news, but that never hits too close to home. Yeah. But now it's happening directly within our family. Family. Yeah, within our Jeremy family. family. I mean, yeah. Jesus, he's been with Emerald for two years. Yeah. He comes over here frequently. Come on. Yeah, so so it it's been difficult. Yeah. Uh, here's my Jeremy story about the man. Uh, he, one day I wake up and I, I'm like, Hey, I woke up earlier than the kids. I'm going to make coffee and uh, sit down, maybe watch this week's movie for the podcast. There is a lightsaber in the living room. Why the fuck is there a lightsaber in the living room? And I pick it up. It's not one of those regular lightsabers. It's like an expensive ass two hundred dollar sound. Oh fuck, God, dude! They're competitive lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, like a two hundred dollar yeah. sound effects light up lightsaber. And I'm like, why is this here? And so finally, the kids wake up, and I'm like, hi, kids. Uh, good morning. Uh, you guys can watch TV. Do you, any of you know why there's a fucking lightsaber in the living? An, an expensive ass lightsaber in the living room. And one of the kids say, oh, yeah, Jeremy brought that over and he left it here. And I go, I'm going to do a funny trick. Typical Steve. I'm going to get the lightsaber and put it in my background for my story time videos. And we're just going to keep it there until Jeremy asks. What a fun jape. And then uh, (laughs) I told Emerald a week later and Emerald said, Oh, do you want it? Jeremy said you could have it. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't accept a $200 fucking sound effects deluxe lightsaber from your boyfriend. Are you kidding me? That's expensive as shit. Yeah. But Jeremy let me have it. So now I've got this expensive ass like lightsaber and it makes sound effects for when you move it and it's like this is an expensive fucking thing is it one that you can fight with yeah you can can fight with that one yeah yeah he just gave me a hundred dollar lightsaber like like it was no big thing because he knew that I liked it because I had it in my background and he's like yeah you can have it for story times just no problem i'm just yeah. gonna give away a 200 dollars lightsaber that's that fucking boy so it's been difficult he does not deserve the hell that he's going through 
you, 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 have, you definitely have my sympathy, all of you. You know that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's been. You know, I. This is this is the first time I've I've heard of the kid. You know what I mean. So, I it sounds horrific, and I feel very sorry for him. But you know, it's you and it's Emerald, and you know, who are affected by it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say I don't care about him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so so we're all tired. We're all exhausted. We're all physically and emotionally exhausted. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so there's something else I want to talk about. Um. I don't want Tim Curry to die. No. No. Ever. No wishing harm on any celebrity. What's that? I'm not saying it would be a wonderful thing if Tim Curry died. I am not saying that Tim Curry is amazing. He's a legend. I hope he lives forever. It's just I was thinking about what we would be doing this summer. Okay. On the podcast. And lastly, and we usually go for a theme. Yeah. Last summer, we had so much fun because Fred Willard had just died. And so we spent a summer watching movies of Fred Willard. Some films we've seen before, other films we didn't even know existed. And it was so much fun. And I was thinking, oh, what celebrity could die soon and we could spend a summer watching them? And I just thought, oh, man, I don't want Tim Curry to die. I am following I'm not saying you. that. What I'm saying is, if, if uh, God forbid, he should perish soon. Yes. I'm just going to have the best summer of my life. But I don't wish ill of the man. That's but not it would what be I'm a worse if it was after Labor Day. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, you know, he... He's not at a hundred percent right now, and no. it would be a shame if he were to pass soon. But if he did, oh man, legend, yeah, Home Alone 2, one <laughs> yes. of the Dark Field movies. Oh, just just fucking everything. I mean, I mean, you brought up Congo earlier. Congo. But let's face fucking facts. Tim Curry owned that fucking movie. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We can have the we can have the Jefferson Bible version of Congo. That's just all the Tim Curry clips. Okay. Absolutely. I've I've even heard him. I haven't gone and watched it yet. Uh, but I even heard that he 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 got some good reviews for 
the, that Adams Family movie that he did. Yes, he was in the third one. Yeah, which was yeah. like direct to video or some shit. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and things I've heard about that movie is like, okay, look, Tim Curry was great. The movie sucks. You know. He yeah. has locked up. That happens a lot in the world of Tim Curry. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I've come up with some ideas for what we can do during the summer. Like uh, we can watch all the Rocky movies, including the Creeds, the two Creeds that are out. Uh, the Fast and the Furious, which we've avoided for a long period of time. I thought it would be fun to spend the entire summer watching all of the primarily really shitty WWE Studios films. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I also had an idea of a... of a, um, uh, to watch movies that shouldn't be trilogies. Okay. I thought that would I thought that would be fun of just like, oh, we watched The Hangover and then unfortunately Hangover 2 and 3. And then we can watch uh what other movies that shouldn't be trilogies? Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Fast and the Furious. <laughs> oh, gotta be, uh Pirates of the Caribbean. We can watch the first Pirates of the Caribbean and then sadly the Yeah. We can yeah, so I thought that that would be fun. I also thought um, bad 3D movies. Uh, watch an entire bad summer of just movie, movies that are are uh, too obvious with their 3D. You know, like Friday the 13th Part 3, Jaws 3, that sort of thing. Yeah. I thought that would be fun. Spy Kids 3D. Uh, <laughs> that Piranha 3 movie. That I, I never saw any of the Piranha reboots. I, I, I just got a hold of Piranha 2. Because yeah. like now I'm starting to think... like Right around this time of year, this is when I start thinking about what I'm going to do for my month. You know, yeah. and I just go through a bunch of different ideas. And I grabbed it because I was thinking of uh, director's first movies. Ooh, that's because, a good one. Because I wanted to show you Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. Yeah. And it turned out it's his second fucking movie. <laughs> That Fuck sucks. you, Cronenberg. <laughs> hey, Cronenberg. We also had we also had another idea on the table. I'm not. I I love a lot of these ideas that you're tossing out, but we also had what was basically things that are Shakespeare adjacent. That's a good one. Yeah, I forgot about Shakespeare adjacent movies. Um. All the Star Treks. Yeah. Including Galaxy Quest. Okay, yes. And all, it's the, valid. And all the reboot. That would be fun. Sure. Yeah. But 
not saying that I wish any ill on Tim Curry. That is not what I am saying. No. What I'm saying is, if by some very sad chance he gets ill soon, um, yes. then that would be absolutely wonderful, is what I'm saying. But I'm not okay. wishing ill on the man. Yeah, no. I, I do not wish Tim Curry to die either. But he is going to die sooner or later. Yes. It might be nicer if he died somewhere around this time of year. Yeah. You know, it's springtime. It's getting warmer. You know? Yeah. You get to smell the flowers one last time. Yeah. You know. I'm just saying, it would, yeah, plus it would help us out. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm wearing a shirt from my favorite uh, edible company, Smokies. Smokies. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of my shirt. They weren't selling them. I got it for free. I, I well, while I was on break, my mind took a took a brief thread, uh, a brief thread, <clears throat> a tangent. Um, because Hunter Biden came up, and Hunter Biden just reminded me of Billy Carter. Yeah, for like, like that's about how much how how important either of them are to anything, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but then that had me thinking. What the? F- remember Bill Clinton's brother? What the fuck was his name? I do not remember. Uh, oh, he was like, oh yeah, he was. He was just a. <laughs> it was. It was like Clint Howard. It was Clint Clinton. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, he got a. He got a couple of shots on the news, and then somebody sat on him. Hard, yes, for, for the rest of the administration. <laughs> That's funny, Roger. Roger Clinton, maybe George Clinton, and and, and yeah, and he he was like, and the P Funk All Stars, and he was something like a wedding band singer or some shit, or you know, just like. <laughs> He looked like you just don't want him around the White House. (laughs) President George Clinton threatening once again to drop the funk on Afghanistan. Yeah. I love that. So anyway. How are you you doing, buddy? I, I saw something on 420. It was 420 when we saw that commercial, wasn't it, babe? So we're high. Okay. It's 420. And it was 420 on a day that I had to go get pot anyway. You know? Because yeah. I was yeah. completely out and it was 420 and that was just not to be tolerated. And they had all candy set out and things like that because it was 420. They were cooking hot dogs outside because yeah. it was 420. 
Um, and I got my, my myself my edibles, and I got an ounce of flour. Okay. I was getting to that. <laughs> and then they said, well, well, you spent over $20, so you get to spin the wheel. And I have no idea what the fuck I'm even talking about. And then somebody already, because it's behind the counter once I finally saw it. Yeah. And somebody already spun it. And I ran, I, I won a can of, it's called Keith. Oh my goodness. I've drank that before. And I was like, I am intrigued. And I compared it, you know, when I got home, I was like, because it's fucking 420. I had to run out for dope. This has put me like an hour behind <laughs> schedule from yeah. when I got off of work. I should have been high an hour ago. <clears throat> So I'm like, I'm going to chug that down. Anyway, I got super fucking ripped. Okay. Super fucking ripped. And and intentionally, because it was 420. But we're, we're, I'm flipping around. I'm doing shit. I'm flipping around on YouTube and shit like that. And a YouTube commercial came up that I couldn't, uh, it wouldn't let, like, let me skip or anything. Yeah. And it's a guy, and he opens up a washing machine, and another guy pops his head out. A front-loading washing machine. And the, another guy pops his head out from, from within the washer. And then there's a voiceover dude who's talking about grimy mold in your washer and i was like holy fuck that dude is grimy mold and this is why i can't see how anybody anybody can be an actor and why actors sooner or later go fucking insane <laughs> Because, yeah. like, yes, he had to audition. And out of everybody there who showed up for the audition, he is the best representation of grimy mold. And how do we react to that? Like, I got the part. I got the part. I'm grimy mold. Yeah. Oh, your parents must be proud. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, like just acting as a career is just a, like a nonstop process of being terribly happy about horrible things that are being yep. done to you. <laughs> yeah. I got the part. I got the part. I'm STD sufferer three. Oh my God. And then and like, like this was just a reminder, uh, you know, this commercial on grimy mold, but I, this is, I've had this thought since I saw, uh, 
Gilbert Grape, where somewhere out there, a woman got all excited, maybe broke out champagne because she got the part of the whale. Yeah. Like, man, that 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 hurts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But how can you not be excited? And how can not how can living that kind of life as an actor not twist your motherfucking brain a bit? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot about the extra in Batman Forever who had the line, Batman! Ah! I think about that guy a lot. I want to know his name. I want to know how he got the part. Uh, I know his name. What other things he's done. I know what his See, I know now, his... if it was a Marvel movie, they would. <laughs> yeah, they'd have the entire backstory. What are you saying, Maxwell? I know what his name is. What's his name? Danny DeVito. That's not Danny DeVito. Oh. No, but okay. but but I appreciate your ability to just bring up the name Danny DeVito. That's good for a nine-year-old. You're you're I'm on the right track, as Pippin would say. <sighs> yeah. So. So hooray. so so that's it. You know, I'm. I, I, God bless actors. You know, yeah. But you're you're giving your sanity for your craft. You know, yeah. let alone pretending to be other people for a living. Yeah. You know. Um. So that's so that's it. That's it. Consider starting a garage band instead, maybe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper and easier to get out of when things get weird. I want to start a garage band, but all of our songs are about things in the garage. Oh. One, two, three, four, tennis ball, so we know how far to drive and park. Tennis ball on a string so that we know when to stop pulling in. Tennis ball on a string. It's like, this is this is our new song, Paint Cans. One, two, three, four. Paint cans, paint cans. Really old paint cans. Paint cans, paint cans. Yeah, nothing but garage-related music. We are a literal garage band. Uh, I... Yes, I like the idea a lot. We all play I, I, I got, our I got your, on things. I got we your all... power ballad. Okay. Okay. Wait a second. Okay. Wait a second. <clears throat> Discarded tire in the corner had a blowout on Highway 9. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's just nice. a start. I love it. That's I love it. Just a start. Yeah. And then we all perform our instruments on stage 
on things we got from the guitar. So the lead singer is on a stationary bike. The drummer is actually sitting on like a workout bench. Yeah. Bassist is on the paint cans. This is a yes. great idea. It's a very high concept band. Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. I, I like they it. I, I am very excited about it. Yeah. I dig it. It's a great idea. And you and you you're you're like big hit, like one of your more hit metal hits. Yeah. Huffing on the WD forty. Huffing on the WD forty. Yeah. There you go. I just want to sum that up, and then we can get on over the chap, because I okay. really want to get to this fucking list. I'm loving this list. Yes, yes. Um, this is we the best list, list you've ever done. We have a list coming up in Act 3, which is going to be a lot of fun. So you're going to want to stick around, because that's going to be uh, good stuff. Especially especially with, like, I didn't find out until like a half hour before showtime, because I forgot to bring up Facebook. I was... I was uh, working on a cane for Nettie Braxton that's coming out really pretty badass looking. Yeah. It's it's basically a shrunken head on a stick. A little more elaborate nice. than that, but that's the gist of it. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> I just want to finish this up by saying thank you. Thank you, moldy, grimy mold guy. Okay? You you know what I call that? I call that taking one for the team. Okay? I am now going to find that video someplace on YouTube. It's got to be someplace. I don't even remember the fucking product. But I, I remember... Grimy mold guy. Yeah. I want to find him and I want to keep an eye on him because I want him to make it fucking big. You know? Yeah. Like, I want to see him Ugh. accept that fucking Oscar. Not for Grimy mold guy. No, no, no. I, I want to follow his career. From grimy mold guy to whatever huge mega superstar actor he is that has been in the critically acclaimed, probably a period piece, for best actor. And coming up to the Oscar stage is grimy mold guy. I want to yeah. see that. I, I am now a champion for grimy mold guy. Uh, when I find the fucking commercial, I'm cutting it into one of the breaks so everybody nice. can see grimy mold guy. Grimy mold guy. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I might change the background to bunny versus to it'll still be called bunny versus, but just a picture of grimy mold guy. Yeah. Cool. So. Somebody's in your corner, grimy mold guy. Yay! Bunny's a champion of the little people. 
the little moldy people. <laughs> so that is about it. Like I said, I want to get to the list. That means means yes, we have to get to Shap next, and that gives me an opportunity. I'm, I want to see if I could if I could hit fifty. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh. <laughs> And this is a powerful list. <laughs> nice. Um, so let's let's get on to it and cut it there. Um, and yes, the edibles have kicked in. Um, nice. So that is it for this week. And as always, self-adhesive tape. Yes, please. And cut on that. Hooray. Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? But only real fans, true hardcore fans that have been with us since day one would know two facts about the both of us. Two undeniably really real and not made up on the spot facts about the both of us. America's hottest will they or won't they couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact that you would know about the both of us is the uh, is the fact that, Bunny, when you are not doing the podcast, you are an avid collector. Now tell us, Bunny, what is the thing that you collect? I collect those... Like, it's it's terrible. I'm an expert in the field, and I can't remember what they're called. I'm pretty sure they're called the babushkas, the little Russian dolls. Russian nesting dolls. Yes. Uh, and I, I find them all over the world and variations thereof. Um, nice. Like many people do not know that the Fabergé egg. Yes. Uh, the Fab well, there are several Fab Fabergé eggs. Um, but the one I broke had another Fabergé egg in it. Ooh. So, you know, being a, a scientist and an explorer in the field, I had to pick the one, that one up and break it too. And motherfucker, another Fabergé egg inside. Did anyone ever try to pick up Gary Coleman? <laughs> saying I wouldn't be surprised if there was another smaller Gary Coleman inside of Gary Coleman he is full of tinier men yeah tinier Coleman yeah yeah so so that is what I, I, I collect I collect the little Russian babushka dolls nice nice that's a good collection that's a yeah. good collection I'm very proud uh, and the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the podcast is find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know very well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, dun, dun. 
or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It is an old podcast segment, but it looks extremely young. It's the Gary Coleman of podcast segments. <laughs> yes. Or if you don't like that, the Emmanuel Lewis of podcast segments. Anywho, this week's Shappity Shap Shap will be about farts. This is a Shap about farts. But to be clear, these aren't your regular dollar store, blue collar, Joe Public, mass market, dumbed down, idiotic, uncultured, trashy, poor, cheap, unsophisticated, common people, fast food, vulgar farts, okay? Okay. These are not, this isn't a low brow segment. Just because it's about farts doesn't mean this is lowbrow. These farts are top-of-the-line farts. Yes. Okay? High-class, exclusive, premier, handcrafted, deluxe, luxurious, top-quality, upper-class, grade-A, superior, cultured, eminent, elite, deluxe, chic, vogue, elegant, swanky, posh farts we're talking about here. <laughs> posh farts! Top of the line, swanky farts. Yes. Is what we're talking about. So pinkies up for the classy stuff because these farts are from France. Uh huh. French farts, which everyone knows is vastly superior to the uncultured farts that we get here in America. That's yes. how you know that this week's chef is going to have some classy farts in it. Oh, yes. The story of a French man named Joseph Pujol, which sounds a <laughs> lot like, but is not a legendary Dominican baseball player. That's Albert Pujols. He played 11 seasons for the Cardinals, whereas our focus, Joseph Pujol, P U J O L, Pujol, he was famous for farts. Essentially, Joseph Pujol was the Paul Flart mall cop of his time. Okay. That is a callback. Paul Flart is the name of a professional farter. If you would like to learn more about Paul Flart, visit our May 2018 episode of The Pope on Film. That was when that episode aired. Go check that out. It's very good. Joseph Pujol was born in Marseille's in France in 1857. He was one of five kids. And maybe this is just Bella talking. Maybe yeah. this is just my child Bella's love of the Umbrella Academy seeping through. But what would have been great is if the father uh, got all five kids and they all had farting powers and became a family crime-fighting fart team. Yeah. That's what I'm that's what I'm picturing in my head. I think if you want to go to the Umbrella Academy, you'd be fart number one, fart number two, fart number three, fart number four, and fart number five. I, though, am of a different generation. I'd like to think we go the Power Ranger team. Blue fart, yellow fart. <laughs> we need to stop him. So that's Green. that's how Yeah, I see the colors. I see the yeah. colors. So one yeah. day, Joseph. But the, but the big problem with a project like this is that Howard Stern seems to believe he has farts copyrighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has he, he yeah he has the copyrights of farts. I want to do for history what Howard Stern did for autobiographies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so one day Joseph is a young man 
and he's swimming in the sea. Okay. Okay. He's swimming in. I love this story so much. This is so funny. So he's swimming in super cold water, and he's swimming and he's having fun. And wow, this is absolutely the wrong time to learn that you can deeply inhale water into your ass with your super powerful sphincter muscles. <laughs> okay. Basically, he 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 has the sphincter muscles of he has superhero sphincter muscles. He's he's one of the weirdest X-Men. <laughs> okay. Kind of like from Mystery Men, Spleen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. he's in the cold, cold seawater, and suddenly he's like, holy shit, it's like someone shoved an icy rod up my butthole. There is something wrong with me. Was I just stabbed? And and, and Joseph goes, Secui dans le monde? Which okay. which translates to what in the world in French? I'm not sure if you guys realize this, but uh, yes, I know a ton of French. Okay. So uh, yes, I can have entire conversations uh, in French. Uh, it was it was Pepe Le Pew, wasn't it? Baguette, légion, beef. You probably don't know what that is, but uh, beef is French for beef. Yes. You probably don't know that. Uh, and of course, uh, if you really want to impress a lady, go up to her and say this bit of French. Hey, omelette du fromage. That'll really impress the ladies. You are creeping me out, Eleanor, so much. But I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But if Into the Spider-Verse has taught me anything, all you really need to do is go, Hey. The shoulder touch. Yeah. Love that movie. So Joseph is freaking out because it looks like he's been, it feels like he's been stabbed with like an icy sub-zero winds. And so he swims to the shore and he's shocked to see a ton of water just shooting out of his ass like a fountain. Okay. So he now learns that he has super deluxe strong sphincter muscles and can just suck up a ton of water into his rectum, into his lower intestine, and then uh, tightening his muscles, shoot it out like a spectacular uh, but very bizarre Disney World fountain show. Oh, man. So, so Joseph's <sighs> sphincter muscles were super strong. He could essentially inhale from his ass and exhale with sur surprising strength. He gets older, he's in the army, and he would entertain people with his bizarre water fountain ass. Yeah. And he would just be like, uh, you guys want to see something very funny? Somebody give me a pan of water. Now watch this. And he just sucks up all of the water from the pan and then just shoots it out massively yards away, yards away. And people loved Joseph and his amazing Technicolor anal muscles. <laughs> and so I assume during one of his impromptu army butt shows that one of the soldiers asks him, hey, uh, you can inhale water from your ass. Can you inhale air? 
and shoot that out. And Joseph was all, <gasps> Mon Dieu! And that's how Joseph Pujol became an accomplished farter. Okay. Joseph Pujol was so good at farting those are daddy's special glasses. You are not allowed to wear those. He was so good at farting. He he was so incredible at farting that he could impersonate musical instruments with his anal sphincter muscles. Okay. He could pretend to be different instruments with just his butt. So after the army, he became a baker in France, and he's working at his bakery. And to entertain people, he would just start playing a song on his butt while helping people. He would be entertaining customers with his farts, and people would just ask, like, excuse me, who is playing the flute right now? <laughs> and Joseph Pujol would be like, oh, well, of course, I have musicians hiding behind the counter. They're laying down on the, on the floor playing music for your entertainment. Have a good day. And he was such an anal entertainer that he held his first stage show in Marseille's in 1887. And it was such a hit. Uh, Joseph Pujol and his amazing ass that he moved to Paris. And who knocks on his door? The Moulin Rouge! <laughs> legendary cabaret in Paris. And they say, ah, yes, Joseph the Farter. You would be a fine addition to the Moulin Rouge Cabaret. And in 1892, Joseph Pujol premiered in Paris at the Moulin Rouge as Le Petto Man. <laughs> Peter, meaning to fart, and man, M-A-N-E, meaning maniac. Joseph Pujol, the fartomaniac. He became a famous 19th century French farter. Apparently, that was a career path back then. And one of the things... Stop covering the camera. One of the things that Joseph Pujol was known for, he was able to play O Sole Mio on an ocarina by shoving a rubber hose up his butthole. And I love that... Okay, 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 wait a second here. What year was this again? Uh, 1892 is when he premiered at the Moulin Rouge. Yeah, okay. In in an age where, like, even radio hasn't been invented, you know? Mm-hmm. He'd get my money. Yeah. I would totally go to a show. He can what? Yeah, I gotta fucking see that. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah, he would play O Sole Mio on an ocarina by shoving a tube up his butthole and then blowing the air into the ocarina and then playing O Sole Mio. And I love it. I love the fact that when you think of, you know, Paris in the late 19th century, you think of elegance and style and top hats and canes and the height of class. But the reality is 
Hey, honey, let's go get dressed up and watch a baker shove a tube up his ass. (laughs) And, like, I love that. Well, you're also talking right around the culture where uh, Grand Guignol was was doing extremely well. You know, their heyday where where it'd be like, honey, let's go watch a live surgery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Real classy, France. Good yeah. on you. Lay Petoman was the most profitable act at the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> now, now, this pisses me off because I did not see the film Moulin Rouge, but I'm pretty sure that Ewan McGregor didn't do an entire song with his asshole. Yes. If you want to make the Moulin Rouge musical, make it authentic, is, is all I'm saying. Have Ewan McGregor just take down his pants, play Oh Sole Mio with just his asshole. Yeah. Use that movie. That's what I want to see. Yes. Ewan McGregor's butthole. Eventually, Le Petto Man and the Moulin Rouge broke up. Because uh, uh, Joseph had a friend and he was in dire financial straits. So uh, Joseph Pujol was like, hey, uh, I can, uh, how about I raise some money for you? I'll put on an impromptu show and I'll raise money and I'll give it to you. Here you go. Here is uh, the show. I have helped you, my friend. And then the Moulin Rouge came along and said, "Uh, excuse me, this show was not approved by the Moulin Rouge, you just put on this show, what, to raise money for a friend? Not cool. So the Moulin Rouge fined him 3,000 francs, and so Le Petto Man said, um, excuse me, if you're going to fine me, the world's most accomplished professional farter, I will take my butt elsewhere. And so he started a very successful traveling show. Stop trying to hijack Shap, Eleanor. So he eventually married and had kids and they lived a very wealthy life. But I imagine he wasn't invited to career day at school. Yeah. And it's like, oh, is it career day? Would you like me to come? I can fart on your classmates. A lot of fun. When I was a headliner in Paris, audiences always liked it when I farted. Yes. His son, Farty Jr., that's not his real name, but I'd like to think that it is. His son would later describe his dad's gift as, quote, and I would like to say one of the greatest quotes of all time. Um, it was a veritable fart fantasia. So, hey, Disney, I've got a great idea for a movie. <laughs> I'm calling it Fartasia. Just, just <laughs> yeah. give me a call. That's that's my idea. A- after World War One, sadly, he went back to being a baker. But I'd like to think that he was a baker that was farting on everything. Yes. So, just and I know that I say well, this at the well, end. Of- well, 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 well. He he would be a baker, but he would. Definitely have to have an assistant because 
he wouldn't want to get too close to the fucking oven, you know? Yes. Good point. Good point. Thank you. Buddy. Like he's got to, he's got to be highly, highly flammable, you know? Well, he wasn't passing gas. It was a common misconception of the people of France that he was passing gas, but he wasn't. He was just inhaling air and exhaling it because he was a mutant born with the weirdest power. Yes. And Professor Xavier is like, okay, I'm doing this one. See, if we get him into the Xavier school, he'll be able to learn how to fly. With his butt. Nice. Eventually, the X-Men are... Stop. Eventually, the X-Men are going to be like, oh, no, Magneto has taken over this building, and the only way to stop... It's a fault. The only way to stop Magneto is by playing O Sole Mio on an ocarina with just your ass. Yeah. With your butt. And... Wolverine is like, oh, my claws aren't good for this one, mate. Mate. And Rogue is like, I can't do that, sugar. And then Professor Xavier is like, okay, hold on. I know a guy. (laughs) And then the adventures of Le Petal Man. Yeah, sure, like Sugar Bear. Can't get enough of that sugar, Chris. Sugar, Chris. I'm coming for you, Granny. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've said this a bunch of times, but uh, when people think of the Moulin Rouge, they think of class and sophistication. What they also should be thinking of is farts. Yeah. Farts. Farts, farts, farts. So, farts were the height of sophistication. Back in the day in France. So, yeah. Maybe that's why Jerry Lewis is such a big hit. And hey, remember the day the clown cried coming summer 2024. Is it? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jerry Lewis, do- before his death, he gave an unfinished copy. Uh, he gave an unfinished copy of the day the clown cried to the like the National Library, the Library of Congress, with the expressed uh, demand that it only be released to be seen by the public a number of years after his death. So June 2024 is when we will be able to see The Day the Clown Cried. I hope we get a teaser trailer. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. But and I, this movie can go so many ways, man. I've heard some a few different things about it. So it's it's either a work of genius or a complete pile of shit. And I really I need to tell. find out which one it is. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't like Jerry Lewis like at all, but I will say that. Uh, I think that he was considered crazy for making Roberto Benini's Life is Beautiful decades before Roberto Benini had the idea for Life is Beautiful. Yeah. 
And that's what I think he, the day the clown cried is. Yeah. That he just came up with a funny idea for the Holocaust. And that's not, you know, he wasn't, it, it wasn't the first time someone came up with that. Yeah. He was just considered mad for it at the time. Anyway, more people should know about the French farter. I am spreading the word of Joseph Pujol, Le Peto Man. There is actual uh, a, a silent video footage of him performing. Yeah. So there is footage of him in his top hat, you know, on stage at the Moulin Rouge performing. So it, at least we have that. You can add your own sound effects. But... <laughs> There is footage of this man. He did exist. And more people should know about the life of uh, one of the world's most impressive farters. So that's it for this week. I don't know what we're doing next week, but join us for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. And cut on that. Ready? Yes. Uh, we still have a movie to get to. We have to talk about um, Mr. Show. We need to talk about Liam Neeson. We need to talk about uh, Joe versus the Volcano. We need to talk about um, Godzilla versus Kong, and we have a great uh, list that's coming up that you're going to want to s- stick around for. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should we take a break. Did did not ask you. You were on double secret probation. We should take a break. I did not ask you. You should take a break. But Bunny says we should take a break. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after these messages. Nice scatting. And break. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, 
Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilistic Supercalifragilistic expialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilistic Because it, that's where I lose it Everything's fine. I'll show you the tool that's most important for our survival. But fair warning, it's my penis. Oh, yeah. 
wonder who else I can call. Hello? Hey. Kind of cute. What's your name? Nancy? Oh, hi, Nancy. Stand by your window so I can see you. You stand a million miles away. Oh, I'm sorry, hon. I'm not allowed to have windows uh, court ordered. So, um, you sound kind of foxy. Uh, if it's not too personal, when was the last time you had sex? Coming up on the seventh day. It's okay, I checked in as the record's 11. Listen, I know who he is. Uh, you know who, who what is? The killer. What killer? What the hell are you battling about? And if he gets me, I'm pretty sure you're next. Whoa! Whoa, what? What kind of shit are you getting me into, Pumpkin? Just give me some help nailing the guy when I bring him out. What are you babbling about? My dream. What? <laughs> if I can't, then you can all relax, because it's just a case of me being nuts. Yeah, and for, and for some reason, this is really turning me on. Yeah. Then you won't mind cold-cocking this guy when I bring him out. What? You heard me. I grab the guy in my dream. You see me struggling, so you wake me up. We both come out, you whack the fucker, and we got him. Um, Pumpkin, please, please explain to me what you mean by whack. No, Jock. Make a baseball bat or something. Just meet me at my porch at midnight. Oh, and meanwhile, whatever you do, Okay, Pumpkin, you're freaking me out, but for some reason, I'm also finding you very attractive. So, uh, how about you and me be girlfriend and boyfriend, huh? <laughs> the fifth time that's happened this week. Go back to the movie. Dr. Frankenstein was my father. But you can call me whatever you want. As long as it's not... Oh! Idiot monster! Idiot monster! See you next week. So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch. Mr. Madsen, could you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Cause you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? 
I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> been a hell of a day. You can see that. For 12 years, I worked for some very dangerous people. Everybody get to the basement. What is happening? Don't call 911. I used to be what they call an auditor. The last guy anyone wants to see at their door. Because it meant you didn't have long to live. But I left it behind to start a family. Hey, hey! I might have uh, overcorrected. When you left, you abandoned a certain debt that needs repayment. And your creditor is aware of your resurrection. <laughs> after my family. They stole my kitty cat bracelet. And you don't fucking do that. Give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet. You look like shit, Dad. You should see the other guys. Who the fuck are you? Me? I'm nobody. In theaters only, February 26th. more of the Pope on film. The power of Christ compels you! (laughs) The power of Christ compels you! Act three, bunny! Act three! Act three! Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here on the Pope on Film podcast to casually saunter our way into the third and final act of the show. And it is said third act wherein we finally in eventually get around to discussing our all new extra strength, low fat, non-GMO, whole 30 approved, gluten free, caffeine free and now with 100 percent real fruit juice movie of the week. And this week, we discuss one of the most surprising action stars this side of Liam Neeson's with the 2021 film, Nobody. Yes. Now, I really like this film, and there's a lot to say about it. There's a lot to talk about with uh, um, Mr. Show, Breaking Bad, John Wick, the director who made something, uh, possible sequels, the RZA. There's a lot here, but before we get to any of that, uh, you mentioned to me, Bunny, yes. you uh, messaged me that uh, uh, Michael Ironside is in this film. 
Yes. And I'm really happy that he's still out there and kicking so that new generations, new generations of film goers can now have the joy and pleasure of watching a film and going, hey, it's that guy. Yes. I'm so happy that now a younger generation will be able to experience, oh, who, who's that? What the fuck? Something? Who? So I'm really proud of that. Michael, and, I, you know, I, all, all I was, all, you know, like, I, I, first off, my, my hat's off to you, Michael Ironside. You know, you have had a long, distinguished career. I support your brave decision to go full uh, grandpa. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second, buddy. Michael Ironside is in this. I know him from a million movies like V the miniseries and uh, Total Recall and uh, a, a, a Turbo Kid. But you know him as the guy who came to the defense in the Law and Order episode of Community. Remember the Law and Order parody, and they're going to convict him, but suddenly his like uncle shows up. Oh, the one that was in the war. Yeah, and suddenly he's there, and it's like he's like a he's like a he's like a lawyer, and yeah, he's in this week's movie. Nobody, and it's like yeah, yeah. He's been in a bajillion things, but just he, he was in a really great episode of Community, and I just wanted to bring it up. So, yeah, I just wanted to tell Bunny. He knows who Michael Ironside is. And, and having seen him for this, I am totally pushing for a Michael Ironside Santa Claus movie. <laughs> Seeing him now, he would make an awesome fucking Santa Claus. He would. You know? He would. But I was just making a very simple point that give him a couple of more years and I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to take Michael Ironside. Yeah. So that got me thinking. What celebrities do I think I could take? So I quickly threw together a list and I had Bunny throw together a list at the last second. Yes. It was a lot of fun. I don't I think I have 15, so I don't have as many as you, Bunny. But I uh, I put a lot of thought into my list. I would like to go first and then you can go with your 300 celebrities. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, no, no. Maybe maybe let me remove the ones cuz we've got to have some in common. Let me remove the ones from my list that you read off of your list. Okay. 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 So here's my list of celebrities that I think I could take in a in a fight. Number 1, of course, top of the list, Betty White. Betty White. Without a doubt. She's like 300 years old. She's an American treasure. She is fragile. And the way I figure it, the way I figure it, the majority of these celebrities, all I have to do is an RKO from out of nowhere. Yes. And I just see Betty White at the supermarket, and I'm like, oh, wow, Betty White, and just run past her, but at the last second, grab the neck. Grab the head and just RKO, RKO from out of nowhere. 
I could take down Betty White. <laughs> Number one. Number two, Billy Joel. He's a mess. Billy Joel, okay. At any second, he's going to be drunk out of his mind. Yes. So I could definitely take him. Number three, I'm sorry to have to say this, Tim Curry. Okay. In a wheelchair yeah. now, limited mobility uh, means maximum attempts. You know? Yes. Number four, this one was, uh, this one my wife told me, uh, didn't think about this one, Barbara Walters. Yes. I could take her. At any moment, she's probably wearing heels. Just kick the heel, you take down the Barbara. Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, so here's some more. Uh, Rick Allen. Rick Allen. Yes, I wanted to say his name first instead of calling him by the way that everyone knows him, the drummer from Def Leppard. Because hear me out, I think I've got a, I think I've gotten an arm up on him. Whoa! Both literally okay. and figuratively, I have an arm up on the drummer from Def Leppard. Yes. Because he has only one arm. For our yes. younger listeners, the drummer from Def Leppard only has one arm. So, um... Here's a crazy idea. Here's a crazy one. JFK Jr. Uh, he's already died before. I'll make him yes. die again. It'll be easy. Mm. He's already died. But what has he been doing since he faked his death? He's been hiding in a bunker trying to defeat the evil leftists. He's not getting sun. Yes. Not getting sunlight, not going out and getting, uh, you know, working out and, and uh, seeing nature, not getting vitamin C, he's vitamin D. He, he's weak from yes. being hi from hiding in his bunker trying to take down the evil cabal of uh, satanic leftists. So I think it'll be pretty easy to kill JFK Jr. again. Yes. Uh, Angela Lansbury, still alive. I could take her. Yes. I think I, I don't think I could take her with an RKO. I'm thinking a spear. Just one good Goldberg, and I can take down Ang Angela Lansbury. I, I I find it amazing. First of all, excellent choices. Excellent choices. And you've gone through a lot of them already, and you haven't binned one on my list. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, here's another one. The Queen. Yes. I could take that bitch down. Yes. Easy. You just got to get past security. And then once you get to her, oh, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yes. Take down the... Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. I could take Ozzy. Right now, I could take Ozzy. Yes. Like not eating a bat, Ozzy, but now no problem. I could probably share it down too. She's too busy. Being well, and she's also. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 I binged. I Microsoft binged um, old tiny celebrities who are still alive. So. Goodness gracious. Uh, a kid fell. 
Robert Blake is still alive. Is he? I can take him. Yes. Eleanor tripped and fell. And I'm here. Eleanor fell. Maxwell has one of her shoes. Good, good, good. Here's another one. Uh, Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. Okay. I can take. The funny thing is, is that I read this list to Natasha and I asked her for any other celebrities that I could take. And she said, what about that guy? He was the hologram yeah. on Quantum Leap. And I'm like, oh, bitch, that's Dean Stockwell. I got him on the list already. How crazy is that? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Liza Minnelli. Okay. Here's a celebrity that I wrote, but then I crossed it off because I'm not 100% sure, but the Dean from Community. There's a 50-50 chance I could take him. I think he is so small that, like, he'll crawl you. Yeah. You know? He'll crawl you like a spider monkey. Yes. Is what I'm thinking. So I don't know if I can take the Dean, but that's a maybe. News anchor Chris Wallace. Okay. Problem. And now here's the last. Here's the last two are a bit weird, but um, Tim Robbins. Now I think he could easily overpower me, but here's the thing: he's six five. Yeah. That's a top-heavy motherfucker. You start kicking at the shins, and there's a good chance you're you're chopping that tree down. Yeah. Same thing. Actor Brad Garrett. He's six eight. He could. Actor Brad Garrett could basically be the long lost brother of the Undertaker. Yeah. So you just grab that head and you're you're tearing that sucker down. Yes. So that is my list of celebrities. One thing for sure, I could not take Michael Ironside at the moment. Yes, he is older and bigger and slower, but he looks like he has drunk energy. Yeah, yeah, but I do, I I still can't believe that, that not a single person on your list is on my list. Well, I got a weird list. And I know I've got at least over 30. Okay, I have a weird list, but okay, <coughs> let's go for your list. Uh, Bunny, who are the celebrities that you can take in a fight? So I topped it off with Michael Ironside because as I've been thinking of it, I've seen a lot of Michael Ironside movies, so I think I know his yeah. strategy, okay? Mm-hmm. So I also thought maybe I would have to wait a couple of years, but you know. I think I got them figured out. The next yeah. one, really, I, w- w- what I'd like you to do is like think for yourself as I as I name these, and tell me whether you agree or disagree that you too could beat them up. Okay. 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 So now this next one I think is really pretty easy. Emo Phillips. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. One hundred percent. I can take Emo Phillips, yes. Ed Norton. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no? Hell no. Hell no. He can't fight. That's just his genius acting. 
I'm just thinking of him in uh, The Incredible Hulk, and he's like shirtless and he's a little bit buff. And I know that was a while ago, but like, I don't know. He yeah. seems like the type of person that would bulk up for a role, making it difficult. Yeah. Uh, Steve Gutenberg. Probably. Yeah, probably. probably. That okay. one might be tough. This but I one, think I could probably take him. This one might be a bit controversial, but I'm pretty sure I could take out Johnny Depp. Ooh. Calling you out, Johnny. I'm calling you out. <laughs> All depends on how much coke he has had that day. You know? Yeah. He seems like he has definite coke energy. Yeah. So I don't know. But okay, uh, keep going. Sean Aston. Probably. Um, I'm pretty sure I could take Sean Aston out. Yeah. Britney Spears. Now, I think she's going to give me a problem. Yeah. But she can only weigh 90 pounds. But you know she's going to claw like a cat. I think I might be able to take her, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Because she 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 seems to be very uh energetic on stage. Yeah. So I better at cardio than me. Yeah. So I don't know. And and again, a small disclaimer, this has absolutely no reflection on how I actually feel about any particular celebrity. Uh so Bernie Sanders. Okay. Bernie Sanders, yeah. yeah. Um, Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase and his motherfucking prime pussy. I don't know. I feel he is very tall. But then again, he's also a cocky son of a bitch, and that will lead to his downfall, like yeah. the torch in the hair. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Fuck. Adam, I'm calling you out, too. I don't think I could take Adam Sandler. Okay, what? how about how about I'm this one? In, and then suddenly he does like his, oh, yippity-doo, and then I'm laughing so much. And that's <laughs> the leg. Okay. How about Woody Allen? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll gladly do that. I'll, 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 I'll fuck me up some Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, this, this one also. Michael Sarah. Dude, he's Scott Pilgrim, though. Yeah. Dude. Well, again, I'm not saying I want to beat up Michael Sarah. You're just saying you could. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I could. Lucas Haas. Oh, shit. I haven't. 
heard that name in a long time. <laughs> a long time, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Adam West. He's dead. Well, you didn't specify. That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. If he's dead, hands down, I win. <laughs> if he's dead, that's, that's the easiest match. That's the easiest matchup of the night. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Yes. Here's one. Here's one to see if I can get your agreement on. The great famed director... Alan Smithy. I bet you Alan Smithy doesn't even show up to the fight. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Alan Smithy fight. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Here's another one I'd like to add. Roman Polanski. Oh, nice. Yes. I'm taking that son of a bitch down. Yes. Him and Woody Allen can do a two-on-one match, and, and I will rage. I will rage <laughs> that whole fight. One of my favorites, Marjo Gortner. Okay. Uh, Christopher Guest. Ooh, Corky. Yeah. I can probably take down Corky. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I actually started just scrolling through my movies. <laughs> Good idea. To see who I could who I who I thought I could take. Uh, Elliot yeah. Gould. Oh fuck yeah, Elliot Gould. Yeah. Fuck it. Even the devil and Max Devlin Elliot Gould, I think I could take. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What do you Rupert- think about Brooks. What? What about Albert Brooks? I don't have Albert Brooks, but he's a really great choice and right in that same category, too. Yeah. I think he might be schlubby enough to take. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rupert Grint. Yeah, you think you could take uh, Ron Weasley down? Yeah. I I, I think I can knock the shit out of Cheetah Chrome. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know if I could take down Rupert Grint because he wouldn't be so violent on account of the fact that he's a ginger and has no soul. He has nothing to lose. Yeah. So he would just be a flurry of just angry Irish punches. I don't know if I could take him, but maybe... Yeah, yeah, I can slap him around like the redheaded stepchild he is. Right. I also think I could take out Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. I don't know. I feel like I feel like with his uh, weird, crazy creepo energy, he could really uh, float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Yeah. But I don't think his punches would be that hard. <laughs> yes. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, and again, 
This is no reflection on how I feel about the celebrity. John C. Riley. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I might be able to take him. Yeah. The best part about fighting John C. Riley is that even if you kick his ass afterwards, he'd probably like have a beer with you. <laughs> yes. This is you know? true. This is true. He's like, man, that that left uppercut here. Have a have a molesome. Adrian Brody. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. One shot on that nose, man. He's going the fuck down. Absolutely. 100%. He'll he'll feel that in his in his next three incarnations. You know? Yeah. Uh Robin Williams. You don't think I can take Robin Williams? No. Genie disagrees. Just shave him. <laughs> yeah, and then he loses like, his all of his power, yeah. Okay. Try this one. I think I could take out Ben Stiller. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see that. How about Clint Howard? Oh hell yeah! Ron, <laughs> you know? Yeah, both of them. And and this one, I think you're going to find controversial. But back in the day, for both he and I. Scotty too hottie. Man, Scotty I'll break your spine while you're doing the worm. Man. I don't know. He seemed like he was on something. So. M- maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Second to last. Okay. Susan Lucci. Ooh, that's a good one. Again, just like uh, just like Barbara Walters, just kick out the heels. Yeah, exactly. I do not think I could take down Bette Midler. I do not think I could take down Bette Midler. I think that she is just full of anger at being Bette Midler. Yeah. And just is ready at any moment to just unleash Midlerian hell. Uh. What's her name? The the her co-star in Big Business, Tomlin. Lily, Lily Tomlin. Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Now I think I could take. Yeah, Grace and Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could take down Grace. I could take down Frankie. But if they were together, I couldn't beat the combined efforts of Grace and Frankie. was also uh, alternate universe uh, Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes. That was a good one, Lily Tomlin, the incredible shrinking woman. And the last one, the last one on my list, probably the most controversial choice. I really think I can beat up the Breakfast Club. 
All of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. That, that library forms kind of a pit, you know. And I'll just be in the center, dressed like dressed like Conan, you know, with the with the gloves and like, come at me, Anthony Michael Hall. I. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um. And the teacher. And the janitor. Oh, and the teacher. And the teacher. And Anthony Ooh. Michael Hall's mom. The whole cast. The breakfast club. The you mess with the bull, young man. You get the horns. Uh, does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Uh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I feel like Molly Ringwald would help you. I am I am I am so picturing like like that library and then people start bringing in tiki torches and and you start slowly darkening the scene and making it a little more red and up on the library railing, the heavy oak with the steel rods, going up to the next layer of books, just like a just like a giant golden tiki. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And one by one, battle the Breakfast Club to the death. And you could whip a bunch of books at them. Yeah. Be, they, there would have to be a lot of drum sounds. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's the that's the best answer. That one right there. Yeah. That's a good one. You're thinking you're thinking fourth dimensional. That's a good one. <laughs> good list. You have a really good list. I'm impressed with your list. Thank you. I think it was better than mine. Okay. Nobody. What? Nobody. 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 Star Bob Odenkirk is almost sixty years old. Paula Dean. Paula Dean. Good one. We can take that bitch down. Yeah. Martha Stewart. Oh yeah, but not Martha Stewart because then Snoop Dogg will fucking hunt you down. Yeah. Murder was the case that they gave me. Prison. Yeah. I mean, maybe uh, Ina Garden. I don't know about her. I don't know about Ina Garden. Garden. <laughs> yeah. You think you could take Guy Fieri? Guy Fieri. I don't have enough experience. I just know what he looks like. I've never actually seen Guy Fieri I don't do know because anything. I think he eats so much. Yeah, but he also he might be slower. He has that, like... I look overweight, but I'm not really unhealthy. Look like a Dan, L- like a, like an Aaron Hansen. Yeah, like he may look overweight, and he eats all this stuff on camera, but he probably eats healthier off camera because he yeah. has to eat all that stuff. You Motherfucker know? probably has a trainer. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. We're we're not gonna mess with Flavor Town. <laughs> huh? Bam. Emerald Lagasse. There you go. Thank you. Emerald. Well, I don't as soon seems- as 
As soon as Guy Fieri is done doing a show or an appearance, then they immediately put him back into cryogenic freeze, where they rinse his blood and, you know, accelerate his cells so it all burns, you know, accelerate his metabolism, sorry, to uh, dangerously high degrees, unless you happen to be at absolute zero, to, to burn off all the calories that he's been eating in the day. And then just jabbing him with electroshocks and into all of his major muscle groups so that he stays buff. Well, he had, there's a really great cryostasis laboratory in Flavortown. Yeah. Well, the, the, well, that's, see, that's the thing. Like everybody laughs at how excited he gets going to Flavortown, but God damn it, man, compared to the cryo freeze, of course you want to go to Flavortown. Yeah. Okay, but also they probably have a good one on the Food Network that uh, Alton Brown just helps them out. You know, yeah. I'm like, go ahead and step in there, buddy. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. 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 yeah no, no, uh, I think I pretty much had it there. Yeah. yeah. So Bob Odenkirk is almost 60 years old and I'm getting older, unfortunately, and my new... So so now after watching the movie Nobody, uh, I have a new aging hero. Yeah. And that is Bob Odenkirk. Before now, my aging hero was Rob Lowe because Rob Lowe in his 50s is infinitely more attractive than Rob Lowe in his 20s. Yeah. So, so Rob Lowe... Uh, what has been my aging hero up until now because Jesus fucking Christ, it's Mr. Show. And I really didn't exactly know what to expect out of this movie. You see, like, that's the thing. Like, I know the name Bob Odenkirk, but like, until Better Call Saul, I don't think I've ever actually seen who the fuck he was. You know? It was really Mr. Show with Bob and David for the longest time. Yeah. First time I ran across David Cross was uh, in Scary Movie. Scary Movie. Jesus wow, Christ. Yeah, me too. God damn. But no, yeah. the first time I ran into uh, Bob Odenkirk was uh, we have the technology. Our children are our future. We can, should, and will blow up the moon. <laughs> God, I love Mr. Show. But but notice that I'm not calling him Breaking Bad's Bob Odenkirk or better yeah. call Saul himself because I never watched oh, either shit. of those That's shows. Where she was in that, huh? Yeah. Um, oh. See, I never watched that, so he'll always be Mr. Show. Like, I, I had... I was interested in watching Breaking Bad when it first came out, but the hype was just too strong. It's like, like too many people gushing over it. If like one or two people said, oh, you haven't watched Breaking Bad? Oh, you should watch Breaking Bad. Then maybe I, I'd go see it. But after a million people ask you that, then that's when I tap out and it's like, I don't care if Game of Thrones is popular. I'm just, I'm not watching right now. And that's the same thing for Breaking Bad and... Then I wanted to watch Better Call Saul because I'm a huge Bob Odenkirk fan, but it's like, I don't know if I can watch this show if I haven't watched Breaking Bad. Yeah. So, yeah, so... But Bob Odenkirk, man. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk. 
Kirk. Yeah, I, I was, I was really surprised because I don't know what it is. I do not like John Wick. You don't like John Wick? I loved the first movie, but the second and third ones just I I do not care for. But I thought the first film was really good. I haven't been able to get through one. And and if anything proves that I I am just not connecting with this movie, I tried watching it again directly after watching Nobody and it's like this is just not you know but nobody just really connected, and I really enjoyed it. Well, I part of the reason why is I think in a lot of ways, John Wick and nobody are uh, similar. Yeah. But John Wick seems more like an unstoppable, an unstoppable action hero, whereas nobody is just is more human. This yeah. is someone who gets hurt. And, you know, the, it's a build. Yes. It's more of a... He's more human at the beginning. Of Nobody is more human in the beginning of his film than John Wick is in the beginning of his film. Yeah. 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 Fun fact. And they, and they did... And they did... Well, first off... Just the plot was fairly simple. You know, a couple of ideas and different tropes cobbled together. And we'll take this guy and walk him through it. You know? Yeah. That's the plot of the movie. You know, it's like it's like part history of violence. You know? Uh, yeah. Part anything else. Part, you know, like... Russian mob is a popular trope, you know. So as far as the plot itself goes, and let's kind of like call it more like the backdrop of the movie. Yeah. Hit us with that plot, bunny. It's fairly formula, yeah. you know? Yeah. Innocent guy gets tangled up in, in with the Russian mob and they've pushed them too far. Is yeah. roughly that narrative and history of violence. You know, that's that's a guy who's living his ordinary life, and you think that's it, but it turns out that he has a past that nobody is aware of. I thought this, you know, but even with that, you know, so like that is a good setup for a really bad fucking movie. You know? Yeah. yeah. But this movie did so many other things right that just who cares? You know, yeah. like like we if we wanted to look, we could probably find like a lot of plot holes. I don't care. It was a completely enjoyable movie. You know? Yeah. Just fun. They took tired ideas and outdid them with style and performance and music, you know? Yeah, the music was great. That's not something I can... Yeah, that's not something you can say about John Wick. Like, I don't know what the fuck... 
when Snake Hips when Snake Hips first showed up and they're playing that music and you're just watching them bop down the street, I'm like, oh my fucking God, this is perfect. This fits and is really telling me something about this character. And then he walks into the club. I was like, of course that's where he was going. Yeah. He with that music. Yeah, exactly. With that music, th- there is no place else he could have gone. Yeah. You know? So it was yeah. like just fucking genius use of music. Yeah, the music is fucking great. And it, it was also very interesting how it was a mix of live performers and covers. Yeah. And I thought that the covers fit what was going on better. Yeah, I was freaked out to hear a song from The Man of La Mancha. (laughs) Yes, yes. Damn, Damn, Don Quixote all up in here. All right. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, Oh, and the performance. And just the whole badassery of it yeah christopher fucking lloyd man damn right christopher lloyd with a shotgun at his age like fucking good for you just the look on his face man he was just having the time of his life yeah so okay, so nobody. It's been out for a month. For the first three weeks, it was exclusively in theaters, and they advertised it like that, like proudly, only in theaters and stuff like that. The film cost sixteen million dollars to make, and so far, it has made roughly thirty-seven million dollars in theaters during a pandemic, and that's not including whatever money they made in video on demand and rentals and whatnot. So this is a hit already. This is a hit. And as a rather uh, put down upon Father of Fire, uh, this film spoke to me. Yeah. Nice to see a, a, a husband and father action film. Yes. You know, like that's impressive. It spoke to me on a deeply personal level because I had seen the preview and I saw that there was a robbery and he didn't stop them. And there was a part of me that was like, oh shit, I was in a robbery in 2010. Will this trigger me? I've had a gun pointed to my face during robbery. Should I, uh, maybe this is going to be worrisome to me because when the robbery happened, and uh, when I was I was at the robbery at the bookstore, and they I, I had a gun pointed to my face. There was a part of me that was like, should I take this guy down? Should I take him down? No, give him what he wants. Okay, let's go to the register, and I can take him down right now. Should I yeah. take him down? Maybe I should take him down. And and for the longest time, years after the robbery took place, that was a voice in my head. Yeah. Of like, you could have stopped him. You could have taken him down. So um, I was worried to see this film, but I was surprised to see how cathartic of an experience it ended up being for me. Yeah. Like it was just, oh, I loved this movie. 
so much. I felt that 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 yeah, there was a there was a mirror element to it. This is a more believable John Wick in the suburbs if John Wick had one of those Joe versus the volcano jobs. Yes. Like you could smell the cheap coffee being made. Terry yes. in that job. And it makes sense because the people who wrote John Wick also wrote Nobody. Yeah. Much better Uh, character. Yeah, much better character. And fun fact, this movie was directed by Ilya Nyshuler, a Russian who directed, and I hadn't thought of this movie in forever, the 2015 POV action film Hardcore Henry, which I wanted to see at the time but never bothered to actually go see. Do you remember that movie? No. It was was all shot from the point of view of the lead character. So it's an action film, but you are running on top of the building, and you are jumping from the helicopter, and you are being shot at, and you are being romanced by the nude woman. And it was all like... Sounds like playing Doom. (laughs) All this like frantic... It was a first-person action movie. Yeah. And apparently it cost only $2 million to make, but it made about $17 million. So goddamn, that was successful. In, in fact, apparently there's now talks about possibly having a crossover film featuring John Wick and uh, nobody. Uh, both films are owned by different studios, but the writer and director of Nobody and the writer director of John Wick would like to see both companies come to a Marvel Sony like agreement and do a uh, crossover film featuring the both of them. So here's my pitch. The FBI discovers an energy source in the hollow earth. And the only one that can lead them there is Bob Odenkirk. Yes. Meanwhile, John Wick is attacking randomly and no one knows why. Well, it's because a team of scientists have been building Mechawick. Yes. (laughs) Soon these two action movie titans collide. Odenkirk versus Wick. Yes. That's my pitch. I, I like it. I like it. Thank you. And I love how this was it, at first all about a kitty cat bracelet that eventually you learn the daughter just misplaced the bracelet all along. So maybe so I would like to see a John Wick movie where it's the entire same movie as the first John Wick film, except at the end, the dog just comes waltzing back. Yeah. Woof, woof. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I haven't been here for a while. I just went for a walk and I got lost in the woods. Hey, so uh, did I miss anything? Hey, why are all these bodies on the floor? And no matter who it is, either Bob Odenkirk or Keanu Reeves, that means that the movie has to end with them looking directly into the camera with the sound roll credits. You gotta have my gun. Yeah. 
this ad has been brought to you by the gun council guns i gotta have my guns yeah (laughs) i i love this movie there's some great action sequences the bus yeah how do you film and choreograph an intense fight scene on a small ass bus that's impressive shit you know, and just the entire end sequence with uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd and rapper the RZA and Bob Odenkirk just kicking ass. That's one of those scenes where if I was at the movies watching this, it would be nonstop popcorn eating. Yeah. That end sequence is so intense that I can see myself in the theater just going, hum, 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 just intensely just scarfing down all of the popcorn. Yeah. And also, as a brown man, I appreciate the fact that here is uh, Bob Odenkirk, here is his brother, rapper the RZA, and we're not going to explain it to you because it's fucking 2021. Yeah. And we are well past the time where every movie has to explain, oh, Chang, well, he's my stepbrother. And it's like, no, you don't have to explain why two family members are different races anymore in every movie. So I appreciate the fact that here's Bob Odenkirk, his dad, uh, Marty McFly, uh, uh, Doc Brown, and his brother, a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. And I'm fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> that's such a Hollywood, like, okay, see, now you have him playing his brother, and that's fine, but we have to make sure that uh, uh, we put a line in there that uh, they aren't real brothers, but that they met at an orphanage. Yes. Or that they're stepbrothers. We need to make sure that the audience knows the racial characteristics of these fake people in a movie. Like, fuck you, Hollywood. That always yeah. pisses me off. But anyway, this is a fun movie. Yes, it is. This is fun, and I liked it, and it was a new movie, and it was a lot of fun, and that's what I'm and trying to And he was just do. so surprisingly badass. Yeah. It's a John Wick. John Wick and nobody is the difference between Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. I re- Jackie Chan wrote an autobiography forever ago, and I remember reading it, and he wanted to do kung fu movies, and he specifically had the idea of, of people are going to say, if we're going to make kung fu action films martial arts films people are going to compare us to bruce lee well what if we make it more realistic what if we have a guy punch a wall and then instead of screaming he screams ow because i hurt myself punching through a wall yeah what if instead of I'm Bruce Lee and I'm screaming while I'm fighting people because this is so intense, I'm screaming because I'm getting hurt. Yes. And so and he got hurt a lot. He got hurt a fucking lot. Yeah. The but it was fights, more of a... The fights were very reminiscent of Daredevil in yes. how they were shot and they're just 
physical intensity. Yeah. But this was oh, I got the glow. I got I got my shimmer back. I got my shimmer back, Bunny. Yay! I got my shimmer. I, I now sh- pronounce your soul officially douched. Oh man, this and the thing I like about the movie Nobody is that it's a real tit flapper. So we are on our way to our 300th episode, and I'm trying to just—I just want fun times and and just fun because I got some real shitty movies like Down the Pipe. I've got some absolute shit, but for now, I just want just dumb fun. That'll make for a fun episode. And that leads us to next week. Okay. I don't think you've seen this film before, but if you haven't, buckle up, because this is going to be fun. Next week on the podcast, we'll be discussing the 1987 action film, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Just wait till you see the skateboard assassin. Uh, oh, the deadly snake. Oh, so many Playboy models. Uh, a lot of bazookas. Uh, it's going to be an intense thrill ride. Okay. Hard ticket to Hawaii. It's on our shared cough cough. Uh, and that's going to be next week. Also, next week, we're going to be talking about some of the most famous gender reveals in history. Okay. Sounds fun. So that's going to be next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, um, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, Eric Clapton. Yes. Um, Le Petto Man. And nobody. This week's film. Really great movie. Really fun. great movie. Yes. Fun film. Absolutely wonderful film. I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, I feel the same way. I just didn't want to step on your toes because that's like one of that's your thing, and it's it's not it's not mine to say whether a film is a damn good episode. But yes, I I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Eleanor and Maxwell and Bella and Natasha and everybody else (laughs) in this show, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And cookie with spikes on it, and a cookie! And (laughs) two swaffles and a poopy tush! It's just my son. And you Danny Doritos. Nice. Do 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 do